Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 123 of Shades of Brown. Wait. Wait, no, it's 124, isn't it? Is it? Is this 124? I'm pretty sure it's 123. Because Let me check I, this website. Let me check this. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, it is 123. Why do I... Oh wait a minute! Oh, I know why I got it wrong. Okay, because so last week I named the logic um session for this one twenty three. So that's why when I saw one twenty three, I'm like, wait, that seems familiar. Turns out I'm wrong. Okay, no, no, it is it is uh, one twenty three, and this week we have surprisingly uh product announcements and I guess not announcements as much as showcases to talk about. Uh, first one, we're gonna start with game consoles. So it's it's uh. Well, I mean, is it game consoles or are they just low spec PCs? Oh boy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, it's, it, they are low spec PCs. Well, actually, I mean, are they low spec though, too? I guess that's the, that's the more important question. <laughs> I mean, they're not low spec, they're mid spec. I guess they would, I would say they're like mid range PCs, uh, not high spec, but like mid range. Uh, and also, like, kind of like the hardware, like, by the time it comes out, the hardware is going to be old right because of the way pc hardware moves mm-mm, mm-mm. these are going to come out the same time um, navi 2 big navi comes out at i mean yeah but also like console tech always comes out a little uh yes let's start with the xbox series x so uh the x uh, microsoft uh partnered with the digital foundry right uh at, at digital foundry other people over at eurogamer who do the like the tech like like tech reviews and like getting really deep into the tech stuff, but also in a in a sort of like an accessible uh, format. Uh, and like, what is what is this? What is up with the Xbox Series? Like, what's like the like the big features that they're talking about this year? Uh, so so the Series X is essentially a Zen two PC running um, next gen Navi that has been released on the desktop side, and that comes with, of course, um, more efficient cores, all of that good stuff. It has the Series X does not use the boost clock that Navi runs in, or I mean that Zen, sorry, Zen two runs in, because right now if an AMD computer, right, it in theory can run as high in terms of clock speed as thermals permit, right? It's not like an Intel PC where Intel's computers tend to just turbo boost and then turbo back down because they can only sustain that for short periods of time. Zen two works in that it's always a sustained clock, it's temperature permitting, right? It always it runs as fast as it can as long as the thermals are good, but. Microsoft's not taking advantage of that. Instead, they're going for a high clock with just big ass coolers inside the, the the console. There's not you're not using turbo at all. It's always running at a consistent clock, which is different than most Zen two parts you see out on the market right now. Right. Uh, so eight X Zen two cores, right? Uh, so that should be sixteen threads if that's if that's how that works with AMD. Um, if side. it is hyper threading, yes. Um, but like it's at three point eight gigahertz, right, and three point six gigahertz with SMT. Uh, I mean, the clock speed, like the it, 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 the clock speed, is definitely an upgrade over. I mean, it's it's clock speeds are not one to one. It's hard. But this to is say, more efficient uh, cores plus more, higher clocks. Yeah, so, like, definitely going to see a processor improvement, like a performance improvement for sure. Like, this is definitely going to be a better. Even even the One X, right, was using a Jaguar base, which is like three three four generations ago. AMD um, silicon. Yeah, like eight X. Ja- custom Jaguar cores at 2.313 gigahertz uh, for the One X, right? Um, so we're gonna see an up. This isn't like all like the specs are gonna be an upgrade. Like the the GPU is gonna be what like uh, like custom Navi two GPU. Is that is that what's happening? Uh, yep, yeah, it's a custom Navi two GPU. Um, it is probably the the the. Th- 
the theory is that this will probably be like the replacement for the 5700 XT, right? Or the 5700, the the, nav- the next Gen 2 version of that one, because this one also includes hardware RT ray tracing cores on it. Okay, so this is this is stuff that's not on the market yet, right? Like this is, okay, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious what AMD can do on on the ray tracing end because that so far has also only been uh, available like uh, like the dedicated hardware for it has only been available on on the obviously the NVIDIA RTX series GPUs, right? Uh, which I mean, which are also like not the greatest right now. Like the RTX series GPUs, like RTX exists, but it's like it's very inefficient. It's still pretty inefficient and expensive to do, uh, even with the RTX cores. So, like, I'm curious what. Well, and, and this is um, showing equivalent results. If you look at the Digital Foundry video where they go over Minecraft, the ray tracing demo that Microsoft showed, they're saying it's basically equivalent to what you get on like a 2080, 2070 right now. So this is more or less ray tracing moving down market and likely for next-gen NVIDIA and AMD like um, higher-end GPUs, it'll likely be far better, probably be far more performant because on the processor side as well, Microsoft's also shipping um, in- instruction sets for accelerating machine learning tasks which isn't on zen 2 specifically right now on the desktop side i think most people tend to run ml models on the gpu if i'm if i'm correct like tensorflow in that probably i i that seems like a like you use tensorflow like google's tensorflow on the or gpu i think you use cuda as well CUDA, for yeah cuda uh on, on the, i think that those are all gpu compute stuff uh not cpu uh so microsoft including um those types of instruction sets because they're also that this ties more to the software side of what these what they're doing with this new processor and gpu right which is DirectX 12 ultimate which has the a newer version of direct rate rt direct ray tracing whatever that api is called a new version of that it also comes with a um, proprietary version of variable rate shading which is something nvidia has had on their own um as, as a custom part of their own gpus for a while now and it also comes with the DirectX AI upscaler, super sampler. So it's DLSS, um, deep learning super sampling on the NVIDIA side right now. But essentially what it does is that it says, okay, we're going to internally render this game at 720p and then upscale it to say 1440p. And it uses a machine learning model to go ahead and then do that upscaling rather than doing like a bilinear, bicubic filter on the, on the image. Yeah, um, I think some games on PC have that option. It's it's Wolfenstein. I think does it. Final Fantasy fifteen. Final Fantasy fifteen supports it. I don't think I played any game with that has DLSS. Uh, well, I don't think you really need it, right? For your for your system, I don't. I don't need it. Like, I, there's. I don't. I don't see a reason for me to enable DLSS anyway. Like, uh, like I don't see what it will give me anyway. Like, it's it's under like rendering it at a in smaller internal scale, and then yeah, that, that doesn't. Makes sense for me, but it makes sense for consoles, though, right? Because not, I'm, maybe not for the Series X, but like as a general DirectX feature, because there's always there's always like the rumor that right that Microsoft's going to launch a lower end console. And let's say they launch a console, right, that says maybe has like a f- uh, half of this processing power, or like a third, of, or like two thirds of it, right, to hit a lower price point, and it'd be more it'd be more useful there. Because let's say the game runs fine at you know like 1080p, right? It'll it'll hit a high frame rate, but if you're running a high res- high resolution display, then they can go ahead and do a super DLS style or AI super sampler to get it to 4K or 1440p or whatever your output resolution is. And especially if you're trying to hit higher frame rates. Because the coalition, right, for Gears 5, they said that internally they have the multiplayer running at 120 FPS on the Series X right now. 
And I imagine they want to keep that frame rate consistent between this gen of consoles. So using like a sort of AI super sampler would help that. And more importantly, too, if you have a cheaper console and you're sitting from a TV, right? I think the artifacts are easier to notice on like a 23, 25 inch monitor. You're only like a foot away from rather than say you're sitting on your TV and you are sitting on your, not sitting on your TV, sitting on your couch and you're looking at your TV and you have to be far, you have to be closer up. Cause that's also the, that's, that's the story with um, variable rate shading too, right? Because the whole idea of variable rate shading is let's say we have Overwatch, for example, you're playing Lucio. Ideally, you're always looking at that gun model. So that gun model should be rendered full res, full shading, right? But right, right, right. But the rest of it, there could be lots of detail without, yeah, um, player characters, right? Yeah, but like, let's say you're on, um, what's the one map with the the hole in the middle with the hole that you always, Ilios, right? Let's say like a tree, right, out in the left, like fourth of your view, right? It's right off the edge of the monitor. That can be super lightly shaded because you're a, you're probably in motion anyway, so it's probably not super clear to begin with, and b, like what's it's not important if that's the most detailed piece. That's that's not important to gameplay, right? That doesn't help your gameplay at all, and it saves on GPU resources by no, uh, yeah. So it is essentially uh, like it, this is like very like fancy, like you know how in the early days of video games, like you'd have like very low, like low distances, like uh, like like that's the thing. But now you can do it even more gra- like with more granularity, right? Like you can have objects basically like sort of fade in and out like very very dynamically and instead of being statically coded in, in, into into the into the game right uh that that's pretty cool actually uh and it, yeah i mean you know, in, in fps titles someone like most of the time you're not looking at the map geometry that closely right uh so like uh, you got a lot or even in like let's say like um like maybe even like a game like assassin's creed right do all the NPC models need to be fully shaded, right? Let's say, for example, you have... No, no, no. I mean, they're not. Like, they're you can, not always... You can use, like, like, a variable at... rate shader, right, to sort of make it easier. Because right now, it's most likely it's like a distance thing. But you could say, like, for certain features on a person, right? Like, it, it just gives you more granularity. and It's more performant because it's built into Direct 12 now in order to have the system. Yeah, so DirectX... So we have a new version of DirectX, right? Is this is like uh, this is like the unifying version of uh, DirectX 12 Ultimate, which is uh, wait, we have to say it in the right voice. DirectX 12 Ultimate. I don't. It's, 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 <laughs> the marketing gamer voice, the gamer marketing voice. Uh, yeah, this fully unifies the API between console and um, PC. Because beforehand, they began a unification effort, right, with original DirectX 12, but now this is 100. They're the same API. Okay, cool, good. Uh, so, so I think the biggest thing to talk about though for these new, new generation consoles is storage and it, internal storage, especially for these are going to be SSDs. Finally, fucking finally. Um, it's going to be on the, on the series X specifically is going to be, uh, a one terabyte, uh, custom NVMe SSD. And what we mean by custom is I think it's important to say because NVMe is a standard, but then we just used the word custom before it. So, so. NVMe is a like a way of creating silicon, right? Like NVMe defines like the package and what the chip spec is, not specifically the box it ships in, the container it's in, or like the cartridge it's held in, right? Because you can have different size NVMe drives, you can you can have them be different shapes, but NVMe is like the core tech that's on the silicon itself. So Microsoft is partnering with Seagate to have it's basically like a giant metal chip with one of those quarter inch, I believe the NVMe drives in them, right? The super small ones. And 
So it's likely like if you were to pop one open, it's probably like a regular NVMe drive. But the whole thing or M2 M2, yeah. But the whole thing's made out of like this metal enclosure because the the cartridge is the heat sink because it's running so high, high, high speed. Yeah, I mean that's 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 I mean that that makes sense. I mean you you you'd always need some sort of cooling on those a little bit like uh, my motherboard has like a little sort of heat sink thing going on. You, like it moves the heat away from the M2 drive, but like it is, yeah. The M2 drives are pretty standard now, and like custom, I guess, just means that it's made by Seagate, and like. And you can't use a regular M2 drive, right? Yeah, you can't replace it probably easily. Like it probably has to be serviced. Well, I imagine internally, if there's a teardown, internally it's like a standard M2 drive. The expansion port, though, for the outside one, I imagine Microsoft will. Uh, so right now, it's literally you have to buy a custom Seagate chip. There's no pricing for it that you pop into the back of it. There's an M2 drive in there. I would hope so that the aftermarket would create like an adapter, right? Where you can buy an off-the-shelf M2 drive, assuming it's up to spec in terms of speed, and then just put it in there. Yeah, uh, and, and this is the thing. And this is, uh, so we should say it is it is uh, right now a proprietary expansion card uh, thing. Uh, details are a little scarce. Uh, like it is, uh, what is, what is it? It's CF, CF Express, right? CF? No, it's not CF. It's not. That's the thing. It's a custom port. Yeah. So we, the leaks were saying we, so there's basically like, it looks like a rectangular slot in the back of the Series X. The leaks were implying it'd be a CF Express slot because it looks a hell of a lot like a CF Express slot, but it is not. It's a cu- entirely custom port for a custom cartridge that holds an internal NVMe drive. So that's why we're saying that hopefully the aftermarket would create like an adapter piece where you just plug in one, right? And put it in because they'd be controlling pricing on that if they otherwise. I have a bad experience with proprietary memory storage. Thanks, Sony, because like in, in like the Sony uh PSP back in the day you you obviously had uh, and the Vita is the memory stick pro duo and also Sony's cameras if you have those uh fucking Sony and their proprietary memory nonsense uh those cards are always like super expensive for no reason when you could buy like s- similar like SD cards are like much cheaper uh, or like compact flash cards like it is just like I don't want to be in the situation of, like don't want like Microsoft to redo like what Sony did like that's I mean I can see the reasoning behind why they would want a more controlled experience with the storage because the if you're going to be running games off of uh off of this like you're going to be using the storage for game storage uh internally so essentially the the SSD right it runs at 2.3 Three or six um, gigabit per 2. second. Two point four. Two point four gigabit per second. Gigahertz and uh, raw and like four point eight gigabytes per second compressed. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing is not all M two SSDs do that. That's actually that's a high end SSD. Like the one in my MacBook, I don't even. I think my MacBook can hit that, and I think your the M two drive you have that can can it hit that speed? Possibly. I mean, maybe. I I'm, I haven't benchmarked it or really looked at it because it doesn't. But most NVMe drives tend to like the cheaper NVMe drives you can get for like seventy five bucks, like a hundred dollars those tend to run at a gigabit read and write which is fine but the problem is right if developers are specking out their games for 2.4 gigabit per second then you need then they need to ensure right that any external storage that gets plugged in to run these games off of it are going to be at least that or faster i that's what i'm that's why i'm like i understand the reasoning why this is proprietary and why they want to control this a little bit more because they want the experience to be smooth for developers and uh, people who use the device, so they're not having weird like load issues because like just the the expansion storage is not matching the internal storage. Like that would be not a good 
that would be not a good UX, right, uh, for the user and for the developer. So it's like, I can see the reason that it's proprietary, but also at the same time, it's a bit, uh, I can, like, I, I have had bad experiences. Uh, mostly like, they're expensive to, like, this is going to be expen- expensive when it comes out. I think Seagate is the only one who's been confirmed to be making, like, one of these expansion stores. Well, Microsoft also partnered with Seagate for the official, like, um, external drives for the series, for the one, um, regular Xbox One. Right. So Seagate is, seems to be the official partner on this. So I'd imagine Seagate is going to sell, I want a Terabyte expansion card, uh, for this. Well, so actually I could tell you what the premium was because you know the true external drives I have? Those are the Seagate Xbox branded drives because I got them at the Microsoft store. And so I have a four terabyte drive and I have a two terabyte drive. And at the time I bought each of them, they're spinning hard drives. They were probably $30 more than what the market price was for a regular one ter- or two terabyte or four terabyte drive. That's not that bad. That's not that bad of a mar- like a markup on like, um, like a standard. I mean, you can see like, like, certainly like, yeah, that's, that's doesn't seem this unreasonable, but this one, I think you can maybe like Seagate is going to charge like some, a, a little bit higher per gigabyte price than normal uh because they have sort of like a pseudo monopoly on it for for a bit right like it's good yeah and i guess right now too we're kind of like we're kind of in a spot where who knows what ssd prices are going to be by the end of the year right like who knows if prices are going to start skyrocketing to begin with so that's the problem about predicting price right because it's like a they can charge more but then also b who knows how much they're going to cost because it's cheap right now but i have no faith in the storage market staying this low price right uh so uh, another thing is like it's still going to support external storage using um usb 3.2 uh, for HDDs, and but I think the HDDs can only be used for like they'll be used for screenshots, Xbox One games, Xbox 360, and original Xbox games. No Series X games can be ran off of USB three. They have to be ran off of the um, SSD. So even if you like say get like a one of those T five or whatever Samsung external SSDs, and then go ahead and plug them in to the drive. Because they're not using Thunderbolt or anything like that, they won't let you do it. Which is not great, but I can again, I can see the technical reasoning for it. Even though I'm not a fan of the proprietary like spend, I think it's it's wait, why can't they do it over USB three? Because technically, three point two can do ten. Is it five gigabit per second or is it ten gigabit per second? You can I would do? say it's I would say it's partially technical, partially money reasons. Because uh, I guess on the technical side, right, there's higher latency. I guess if you're using it over USB. Rather than, I mean, USB three point yeah. I mean, USB drives. They wanna. I think the thing with the expandable storage here is they wanna guarantee a certain level of performance. Like they wanna be absolutely sure that the expansion card can deliver a certain like certain data transfer rate uh, consistently. Right. Right. PZ. PC, um, the the SSD one's going to be running over PCI, right? If you plug it into that slot. Yeah. And basically, right now, the only way to guarantee that is to partner with somebody like Seagate and also to make it proprietary. So, like, you have, like, this one vendor that has the exact specifications that you want and you can deliver on that exact specification, which is not great for the, uh, for the, for the uh, regular customer because now you have increased prices for your expansion storage. Uh, so, I mean, not great. Uh, but I can see the technical reasoning and also the marketing reasoning and also the maybe they, they, they got a nice contract with Seagate. Well, who knows? Uh, 
And with the SSD as well, there is new software stuff in DirectX for this. There's a new direct storage API. So right now they were doing, they're showing benchmarks, right? Of here's a regular Xbox on a spinning hard drive versus the SSD. And I think State of Decay, it was one fourth of the time of the one X it took for the game to load. And they mentioned too that the game wasn't even rewritten to run with direct storage as the API. It was just an original, just a regular port of the game, the Series X. I'm, I, I'm like, console gamers are finally going to get what I've been doing for years uh well like, you know this is gonna this is actually gonna mess the pc market up because once now that the consoles right have ssds there are pc games that new pc games that run okay on a hard drive are not going to be a thing right once the baseline is an ssd they're gonna change how they start seeking data i mean they're already i i don't know i think like, i'm that's uh, i think that's like a question for game developers is that what does it mean for the pc market now this is going to be a thing that how are P- the game developers the AAA game developers going to optimize their texture loading and games like texture streaming and like stuff like that well you can you can reduce texture streaming right as like a, a buffer so like the whole idea of direct storage right is say for example you're playing assassin's creed right odyssey and Right now, when you load into a scene, the game renders out what's in front of you, but then it starts buffering what's behind you, what's next to you, right? So it doesn't hitch when you start moving around. But if you have a performant enough SSD and you have a consistent enough controller, which this console does, right? It's a dedicated hardware controller to ensure the throughput's always there. Then at that point, you could literally load in what the what's rendering out and maybe a little bit of data. But because the speeds are fast enough, you can write the game engine, especially direct storage as a new API, to start streaming in stuff as soon as someone moves around. This is how Star Citizen works. I mean, I'm yeah, this is gonna change the game on on PC as well, I would imagine, with DirectX 12 Ultimate and like other stuff like that. But I think it's gonna be a few years before we start to see the changes come through to PC because of game development cycles, right? Uh, so, like, I'm I'm curious as a PC person uh, to see what's going to happen. I'm sure Digital Foundry is going to be covering this uh, stuff uh, when when it when it hits like it, when there's a PC game that's using some new DirectX 12 Ultimate APIs. I'm sure uh, I'm going to be looking forward to the Digital Foundry videos on those because it's going to be interesting to see the performance characteristics, uh, like especially storage. Uh, it's it's cool to see like storage being the focus of this generation of consoles instead of like I mean we still have the CPUs and the GPUs being involved but like I feel like the storage bit is like being really emphasized because it's such a big like such a huge upgrade uh, for game developers and for people who play video games on these that it's it seems to be the focus uh, of the marketing push right now. So as well, with the Series X, we have the new controller stuff. So there's a new controller, just a modified version of the original Xbox One controller, which is fine. That controller, does, un- unlike Sony, who makes poor choices with their, with their <laughs> controllers, Microsoft has not. So m- slight modifications <laughs> of it is good. However, I would say the fact that Microsoft is still pushing AA batteries in the year of our Lord 2020 is mmm. Mmm. Good. It's good. I love it. I love. I love to see it. Really? Are you are you are you being sarcastic or not? I can't tell. No, I'm not being sarcastic. Double A batteries mean that you can easily swap them out and use standard double A rechargeable batteries, which have you can buy standard charges for them. So it is extremely good that they're still using double A batteries because 
you can just buy rechargeable batteries and reuse batteries. Like I guess I'm, instead of write the controller, you have to like take apart the controller to swap out the battery if it Exactly. I don't have to take them. I just I just I just walk to the battery charger, swap the batteries out and and put the batteries to charge in the in the uh, in the nice double uh, battery charger. You can get those uh, battery chargers pretty easily and like I think it's good that they're sticking with uh, like swappable recharger, like double A stand, like standard double A's, uh, and, and like which are easily swappable, right? Uh, and uh, like they're they are also like apparently doing uh, firmware updates for the older series of controllers to have like yeah, so they're doing some latency stuff, right? So there's a new um, there's a new wireless radio on the Series X that is. I guess the equivalent of, you know, Logitech, right? They have their 2.4 gigahertz wireless receiver that for gaming mice essentially has the same latency as if you're using a cable because it uses some proprietary tech there, right? Microsoft's doing the same for the for the Series X where they're going to be using a um, newer version of the wireless receiver hardware for the controllers and they're going to be lower latency, but they're also going to be updating retroactively all the old controllers through a firmware update to work with the Series X and also have that same low latency. So uh, every Xbox accessory except for the TV remote and the Kinect will work with the Series X. The TV remote won't work because there's no IR port on it. There's no Yeah, there is no IR, which is... Uh, I mean, the TV remote is actually pretty nice. Uh, I would I would hope they released a new TV remote with, I guess, with Bluetooth or whatever, right? Uh, because uh, the TV remote is actually a pretty cool feature. Uh, I mean, it's it's connected by USB-C, right? And it's like... Uh, yeah, USB-C on the controller, but no USB-C on the consoles, which, once again, Panos. Panos specifically, why do you hate USB-C? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love this little like year years long drama of USB C and uh, Panos Pane. and nothing Microsoft releases. Like even the servers right here was like USB C because you all complain. That was literally his reasoning for putting USB C on the surfaces. Is like everyone would complain if I didn't put it there, so I just said fuck it. We'll put a USB C port. There you go. You want your Thunderbolt? No, fuck you. You're gonna get three point two super speed, and that's it. <laughs> So that is the uh, Series X, right? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not looking for like I'm I'm not gonna see these coming out this year. Honestly, it's gonna be really like the current situation, uh, like supply chains and. Uh, I think right now, honestly, I think everyone's lost probably about like two or one months of of factory productivity time, right? So I imagine that like Navi's probably going to suffer a delay, right? I imagine a lot of the components are also going to suffer a delay. So yeah, so I don't imagine this will be until twenty twenty one, to the earliest. So Sony also, uh, not to be left out, uh, did a little. This this was a let's very just good talk. This, a very a very technical talk that they intended for a game development audience, and instead was. Uh, like game development audience at GDC, which has since been obviously canceled. Um, and instead it got streamed on Sony's, uh, YouTube channel and everybody, uh, who, everybody watched it, who, and people who have zero idea, uh, this, this was not like the talk was definitely not intended for a non-technical audience. It is extremely dense with, uh, jargon and like the, it does takes like this, like if you just see some of the slides that are like in the link to the Ars Technica article, like it is, it is very technical. So let's like get into like what, what like the, what the differences are maybe because like, because it has the same hardware, right, as the Series X. So I think it's important to say how it differs. And I think the CPU is the best place to start. Still Zen 2, same amount of cores, but the clock speed. So 
Microsoft is putting a fuck ton of cooling in their console to run at a very high consistent consistent clock rate. But Sony, however, is using SMT to boost up. So what what they're saying is there is a performance target, but that's shared between the GPU and the CPU. So the console will always run at the same performance, but you can prioritize the GPU workload and use more of that performance budget for the GPU workload, and it's going to clock down the CPU, but maintain that same thermal rate by using boosting. So you could, in theory, right, let's say you're loading your um, Assassin's Creed, I guess, is another good example. Let's just keep fucking using it, right? You're loading into the game. That's mostly CPU. That's not GPU, right? When you're loading a lever. So you would spike up the CPU to max clock and just down clock this GPU because what's the point of it, right? And then once the game renders, swap it over. Start bumping up the CPU clocks and then, or GPU clocks rather, and down clock the CPU a little bit when the level's rendering out. But it's still hitting that same performance target at the top. I, I mean, it's, this is this is fine. Like I like I mean I mean this is like we will see what like this actually means for games going forward, right? Like this is all very nice, but like the. I don't know. Like it is, it seems like they are. It's not much a difference between these two consoles right now. It, from well, the RAM's also different too. P is the PS5 uses 16 gigs of strictly GDR6 memory at the same clock speed. However, the Xbox um, Series X is using 16 gigs, 14 of it, or sorry, 12 of it is high speed GDR6 memory, and then the last four is lower clock and cheaper RAM. Because the idea is that 12 will be prioritized for games and the other four will be broken up between audio, CPU workloads, um, ML models, right? Anything like that. Whereas Sony's using more expensive RAM for the entire console. Right. So again, like these my, these differences seem kind of minor, but at the same time, maybe maybe not. Maybe they're not minor. Um, because it's also, right, there's different... Because at the end of the day, right, it's starting to get a little more splintered too because PS5 is definitely Vulcan. Because I think right now there's a version of Vulcan that runs on the PS4, right? So I would imagine Sony's likely just going to be strictly going with Vulcan for this generation. Because AMD supports super good on Vulcan anyways, right? And a lot of bigger PC game engines like Doom Eternal, right, is written is i think only uses vulcan on pc now or tech 7 rather but so the so you have that gpu um like i said the cp package and that they're similar but a little bit different there's no ml instruction sets right and for storage this is where it gets interesting storage is pci pci gen 4 nvme ssd that runs at 5 gigabit per second like 5.6 gigabit per second with a dedicated hardware controller to ensure that throughput and now the thing that makes this interesting is that a PCI Gen 4 drives are fucking expensive. Like that is those are super Yeah, yeah, those are, I don't think those are even are those even available yet. I don't think they're available. Yet. So Sony literally Sony had to explain right why they're using an 825 gig drive and not a full terabyte. And the reason is you can't get Gen 4 drives that are 1 terabyte right now. Oh, that's what that is. Okay, so I was wondering why it had a weird size. Uh but okay. Yeah, it's it's literally it's just like this it's too costly to do like a terabyte PCI Gen 4 drive at that speed. Okay. I mean that's that's something. Okay. Um so they're they're using the latest PCIe tech and so that means that they're going to get probably the fastest uh bandwidth here and also I mean the comparisons are like they did a comparison with the PS4 hard drive and it's like the PS4 hard drive can load 1 gigabyte in 20 seconds and like the PS5 SSD can load 2 gigabytes in 
two seven seconds, which is, I mean, that seems like that's like that's like a personal red. Like that is incredible, actually. And they also said that the the way that um, games patch and games load data on, on hard drives is different from the, the way they can do it on SSDs or on, on on consoles, right? They 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 put data in certain places on the hard drive to make sure that the drives. Like the the you read it sequentially, right? So, so it's always in the same place, right? So you don't you don't have higher load time. And uh, like games had to put a, a single copy of a single data multiple times, so it's it's sequential and loads faster. Like Spider Man, uh, Marvel Spider Man on on PS4 uh, uh, had to put like a like a single texture multiple like hundreds of times in, in in the in the in the in the game so like bundle because they wanted to load it like quickly whenever they needed it right and they had to be sequential so like now you don't have to worry about that being a problem right and now you can actually reduce the size of video games on these consoles which is like i think one of the biggest actually a good thing because you can only have one copy of the of the of the texture right and i think as well like they didn't i don't think they really mentioned this which i'm surprised mark cerny didn't piece of how technical that talk is because right now for regular consumer ssd right like a good one has a dram cache where essentially it'll start caching references to frequently used files but i would imagine then there does do they change the game packages where once it's put on an SSD, there's like a file written to regular storage or written to like RAM or something that has a consistent reference to every game file? Because that wouldn't change on a on an SSD unless you uninstall the physical game at that point. Like once you install it, you could te- you could technically like scan through and create a reference and maybe not sort in DRAM because that'll once you lose power, right? That'll go ahead and that's lost. But maybe when a game's first ran or something, like just create like a like it's some kind of uh, yeah. I mean, I would imagine there's some caching tech going on. Does DRAM cache like DRAM caches be used while the game is running? Like I would, that would make sense to me. Uh, like use uh, like I would imagine like the, maybe that like, you could set certain assets to be in DRAM cache all the time. Um, and have them like maybe you have like some menu like if you if you have a game where you're loading a menu screen often maybe you put like the uh like the menu screen assets in like DRAM cache and like or maybe it just automatically becomes in DRAM cache because you're accessing it so often that it stays in DRAM cache right I don't know like I don't know how but the, like those are extremely minute details like I would imagine that's dependent on the game engine and like what else is going on over there uh but that I mean. The biggest, I think the biggest takeaway from this is that both of these consoles are going to be doing really quite well on the, on the storage side. And I'm, I'm actually very excited for people who play video games on consoles because once you use SSDs for games, you will realize you never want to play games on a hard drive ever again. And then for all the low spec PC gamers out there, like, oof, might be time to buy, buy a cheap SSD or something. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, days of hard drives, days have video people be like, oh, I bought a four terabyte like game drive. Like, that's, I feel like that's longer going to be a thing. Trust, trust, trust me when I say that buying an SSD for, for your video games is one of the best investments that you can make, uh, for you, for your gaming PC. Uh, I'm just going to put that out there because it is. Oh, also, the uh, PS5 uses regular. NVMe drives that you can install, but but this is a the Sony's not using a standard storage um, option, but this is also Gen Four PCI um, SSDs, and as we said before, those are fucking expensive. I mean, it's still M2, right? But uh, but Gen Four though, let's see. Let's actually let me go to Newegg right now. What's the going price for? I one mean, right? yes, it, 
I don't know how. Okay, I mean that's fine, but like, if, I mean, I would imagine Gen Four chips or PCIe uh, Gen Four chips are gonna become cheaper over time. I mean, a couple years, right? But like right now, if you're gonna buy a terabyte Gen Four drive that has a five gigabit per second throughput rate, like, let's see. Uh, I don't know if you can buy those. I don't know if those exist right now. Uh, that's also. Oh, uh, let's see. Okay, so we have one right here: a NVMe. Um, Gigabyte Aurorus, um, Gen 4 SSD. What's the throughput on this boy? A one terabyte one. It can do five gigabits read, uh, 4.5 write. That is $203 for one terabyte. That's actually fine. That seems too low to be actually. That seems uh, way too low. I'm not like I'm not sure if this is like uh oof the 2 terabyte one though is $420. I mean nice, but oof. I mean I think the point though is that even though the even like if you leave aside the proprietary expansion storage for a second like the 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 just the upgrade of the main storage is going to be huge and I'm also curious about the pricing on these um consoles uh because uh these parts like the especially the 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 uh, internal storage on the PS5 cannot be cheap. Uh, so, like, I'm. So, what, what do you think the price uh, ranges are going to be for these? Like, what do you think the price uh, it's going to be? Like? So, this is the problem, right? Assuming that uh, current events don't fuck up market price. If we're say today, right? Actually, let's, let's play it this way. With today's prices, what this would be: Series X, six hundred dollars. PS5, five hundred fifty. And that's with them barely making a profit on it, right? I mean, they 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 are probably don't want they want to probably break even or even take a loss on these. I don't know, like they want to take a loss on these. Because, I mean, I, I mean, Microsoft can take a loss. Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, Microsoft's using these for the uh, first uh, X Cloud actually. So X Cloud One Series X can run four One games on a on an X Cloud Blade server. So they are at least recouping this cost because it's the same server architecture. They have a Blade version of this that they're already rolling out to the data centers. So like, I, yeah. I mean, pricing wise, I I think Xbox might be cheaper because the Microsoft can probably be like, we're gonna take a hit on these, or or they can have a cheaper console. It's been rumored, right? And have it just be this one be an expensive one that makes them profit, and maybe just sell the the cheaper one at cost. Because even then, right? Say say you had like a cheaper SSD, you had a um a less powerful GPU. The fact they're still using Navi and um and Zen two cores, it's still more efficient. It's gonna be still more powerful than a one X, right? Just because of the efficiencies in those cores. And like we were saying earlier, with the with the DirectX AI upscaling stuff, you can essentially have a game um like a let's say a cheaper Xbox One that's performance target is fourteen forty p sixty, right? And you could render games ten eighty p seven twenty p internally and do DX um upscaling to fourteen forty p and not have it look weird. Like there's enough, there's enough performance, you know, improvements with variable rate shading and and all these new methods that you could in theory get still get better performance even with cheaper hardware and lower powered hardware if you're not trying to hit a 4K um, resolution target. So, yeah, I think the price points are going to be the interesting thing because uh, if they're going to price it at 600 or 550. I mean, it's uh, five fifty versus six hundred is like not like a massive difference, but like I would imagine Microsoft probably wants to get a head start because they lost last generation so handily to Sony that they might want to like price it cheaper and have like a bigger install base. Uh, you know, maybe uh, that's the that's the play. 
Like they, they can afford to take a loss on these hardware margins and instead just push like Games Pass, right? And push that so much. Game Pass. And, I mean, they have their recurring subscription revenue coming in from all over the place. They, it's, it is Microsoft everywhere. Um, so. Also, too, I think we should say that this compared to like a PC, right? Like, I don't actually think so for $600, right? Let's say a Series X 600. I actually think that this is going to be more effective as a gaming machine than a PC that costs the same for the reason of that the amount of custom control, right? Because even if it's a Zen 2 CPU and like, a, oh, just a mid-range Navi Gen 2 um, GPU, the problem is if you were to build a PC with these parts, your motherboard likely doesn't have a custom SSD controller that will ensure throughput, right? It doesn't have, it doesn't have, um, or your processor definitely won't have the ML instruction sets to run those machine learning models as well. No, I mean, no, I mean, that, that's the thing. The, the factor with always, I think, I think directly, comp- I mean, even though these are using ex- like, sta- like standard ish hardware, it is, Still, like comparing them to regular PC builds is always like a little bit of a. Yes, it's not just the pricing, right? It's all about convenience uh, with consoles and like price to performance ratio has is looking good for these consoles, right? Like right, just looking at these specs right now and like the the expected performance benefits from the internal storage upgrades, like it is six hundred dollars is 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 fine. I think it is. It seems reasonable for these lo- this level of performance. Like it's a mid range PC. Like it- and also, there's no PC you can get right now that's HDMI 2.0 on it or 2.1 rather. There's no consumer GPU. You and you can't and you can't. Um, I don't believe you can do DisplayPort to HDMI 2.1. I think you need a dedicated port for it. Piece some of the features it has. So like, there's no there's no PC GPU you can buy right now, right? That'll let you do variable refresh rate on the TV. The only thing that'll let you do that right now is the Xbox One X. So, yeah, so you have these specialty features that are, I mean, consoles have always been like, you have the specialty features to make up for the lack of, uh, latest gen hardware, but like, this, this is, this is not looking shabby. That's, that's, that's also the thing. Like, it's not gonna look shabby by the time it comes out, I hope. Uh, so. I mean, yeah, like, this is a competitive Overwatch machine, right? Because, hey, with the Series X, you could, you could, in theory, use this for like competitive Overwatch. Just plug in a keyboard and mouse now, because Microsoft supports that on the OS side of it <laughs> oh my god no I, th- I think that's gonna stay on pc bro uh, uh for i mean why i feel like blizzard should do crossplay based off of input method i feel like most i feel like everyone should start doing that i mean they could they could do a lot of things they could do it i mean pro- probably because with this generation specifically right like i think it's now more than ever there's more of an for like just do crossplay based off of input methods like how fortnite does right because it really doesn't make sense to have say you have a game on xbox right it supports keyboard and mouse it makes no sense to have them only match with other console players right if the this hardware can run overwatch at high frame rates right like i imagine they could probably and and like so it would make sense right like well i mean where what's the what is the loss like what there's there's only benefits from bringing a bigger player pool in and having just Crossplay be based off of input method. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, I, I definitely agree. I definitely would say there should be crossplay between using uh, controller methods like cues for controllers versus uh, mouse and keyboards, and like, sure. I mean, or, or even just crossplay between the consoles themselves. If you're gonna just want to keep it even more, like, if you want to just do crossplay between PS4, uh, Xbox One, and and Switch. Now that overwatch is actually on the switch uh i don't know if you want to do it with switch though just because of the the frame rate difference right 
Like, I feel like that's why I think like that's what I'm saying with this generation. Because like if Destiny, right, if Destiny had crossplay and you had all the PC players running at high frame rates and 30 FPS. I mean, not in the competitive mode, not in the competitive mode, but like quick play, like with, that has no rank uh, implications, right? Uh, well, I don't see why you, you couldn't do crossplay on the on the consoles like that. The, I mean, Blizzard runs the servers already. Like, it's not like Blizzard is not running the game servers. They run the game servers. They can easily do it if they if they wanted to. I think. Um, so that those that's the those are the uh, game consoles. Uh, expect to hear more news from these. I just want to start seeing some games, and by games, I mean I want to see Halo Infinite. I want to see how ray tracing looks on Halo Infinite. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, gonna see Master Chief and those uh, cool shadows. No, and- actually, think about it. Cortana could, is technically a light source, right? Because it's a projection. So Cortana can radiate out rays, right? That sort of like um, illuminate the. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds. That sounds so. I don't know why that sounded like so funny to me because like the concept of Cortana like radiating uh, her presence through. Like becoming some sort of goddess, and like I don't know, uh, maybe that's maybe that's uh, maybe that's a thing. But like, I guess like too as a tangible. Right before we move on to the next bit, as a tangible performance bit, Gears Five, there's a two week port of it to Series X, and it benchmarks the same as an RTX 2070 or 2080 running the benchmark on PC of a Core i9. That's basically like how performant this console is on optimized games. Nice. I mean, Gears Five is good. Yeah, Gears Five is a great example because it is the probably the most optimized game that they have. Uh, and uh, also, like, who's like the studio behind uh, Gears Five? What's the name? The Coalition. Coalition. They they've been really like the tech for Gears, Gears Five is an incredible looking game. It also performs really incredibly it's actually like i i think we've t- we talked about this on this podcast uh, gears 5 when it came out uh i played it you played it uh you played it on xbox one right and i played it on pc and like the it looks amazing the performances and the options setting the settings and it's one of the best settings menus that i've seen uh, and also like the benchmark mode in it is probably one of the best benchmark modes that i've ever seen in a game so uh yeah, gears 5 is a good example um, so let's move on to uh, Apple hardware. Uh, Apple decided this week was the time to uh, release, or rather announce uh, the two new products. Um, which one do we want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about the iPad Pro first or the MacBook? Let's talk about the MacBook. Let's talk about the MacBook and then let's go into the iPad because I think the iPad was a, it's a little more interesting. Okay, sure. Uh, so the there's a new MacBook Air uh, and the price is down to... Uh, the entry level price is down to one thousand uh, dollars, right? And or eight hundred, or I mean nine hundred, if you have a student email address. Student, yes, uh, which is good. Uh, and also, like they, they, they doubled what? Like they, they changed the storage, right? They they doubled the storage, so it's not two hundred fifty six gigs by default, and it ships with a tenth gen, um, newest generation Intel CPU, and you can get multiple options, right? You can go Core i three, Core i five, or Core i seven. Does a Core i three by default dual core? Core i five and Core i sevens are quad cores that um, also do hyper turbo and all that. Uh, so like if you now like now that the base model price has gone down, like the the ideal model would be like the i five with like like. 8 gig, 16 gigs of RAM? 16 gigs of RAM and maybe like even 256 if you want or 512. And that's only that's only 1,300, right, for that one. And it, it, the, I think the... Oh, well, I guess we should mention also has the new keyboard. Yeah, it has the new keyboard. Yes, uh, it, uh, that's uh, I think the biggest thing actually is, is the new keyboard. Uh, 
So, uh, so, so finally, I think Apple has a PC, like a as as a, as a lap as a computer that is. It's gonna become it's it's the PC that I, like, it's, the, it's the MacBook that Air that everybody wanted, right? Like it's it's it. yeah. I I look at this computer, right? And the only things I could complain about, I'd be like, maybe one more port, like maybe one more port, like. But it's also two Thunderbolt three ports, right? So you, in theory, could just like use the USB expansion hub or whatever and keep the same amount of bandwidth and throughput. You don't really lose out on anything. So outside though, like, what is there really to complain about? Because for for eight hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, right? 8 gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of storage, a Core i3, which, mind you, is two and a half times the same amount, the performance of the last-gen model. And it basically, single-core performance is close to a MacBook Pro 13-inch. This computer only suffers on sustained workloads because of thermals. Because, it's, because these, these, these chips aren't, may, aren't meant to run super hard all the time. So they have really good turbo, but then after like the difference between that and a MacBook Pro is that the MacBook Pro has bigger heat sinks, so it, the thermals are better. Where the MacBook Air uses the chassis as a thermal, as a sort of like a heat sink. What do you say? Like, there's, there's you can get an i7, and what do you say? The i7 is probably kind of a bad idea to get on this other machine. So if you got the maxed out version of this, it'd be like a two thousand dollars, a thousand seven hundred, and at that point, like, yeah, get a MacBook Pro. Yeah, it's like why would you? Yeah, I mean, because it'd be very quick for for short workflows, right? But it's always sustained performance with these with this class of machine. But this is a thin and light; it's not meant for sustained performance, right? Like, like no one's buying a MacBook Air to plug an eGPU into, right? To run like World of Warcraft on, like you could, but it's not the right machine for that. But for like a general like office computer for student work, right? For regular productivity stuff, how for even like music production, like light music production, light video editing, like. This is a good computer. Well, the clock speeds, but they turbo. So I'll uh, just one review of it. And when you, it'll boost up to 3.2, which is the max. And then it, it, it sits on sustained workloads about 2.3 gigahertz. So, so it's not the 1. 1. whatever gigahertz. It usually sits around two during a sustained workload. But after comparing it to last year's MacBook Pro, right, you get par- far better sustained clocks when you're working on a consistent workload of like rendering video, running a, a Cinebench or whatever benchmark on there. So honestly, for like, for anyone who doesn't need, right, like a higher end machine. I'll, yeah, like a student, like this, the student, the, the MacBook Air student laptop is back, right? Like this, this is like the, like you get, get put it, put the i5 in it, put it like 16 gigs of RAM in it, and like 56 gigs of storage. Like that's a pretty decent machine. Like that's, uh, and, and yeah, like if anyone, like if someone came up to me and like, hey, I want to buy a Mac, and I'm like, and like the questions I would ask them are basically like, well, do you get a MacBook Air, but just like, do you use like are you super heavy using chrome tabs and do you download a bunch of stuff or do you like stream most of your music and if they're like nah i just use a couple chrome tabs at youtube and stuff i do like word stuff and i stream most of my music on spotify but like, get the eight gig model right or get like the get the thousand dollar model because it's going to treat you well i would always i mean i'm whenever i say upgrades i always say upgrade the ram because i feel like ram is always like the one resource that it feels like 16 gigs is a safe bet if you're trying to save money, though, yeah, I mean, if you're trying to save, prioritize your money here. Well, true, true, true. It's just like for this one, right? Like, I wouldn't feel bad if someone, yeah, like if someone got the base model, it's not a bad time, right? It's like when we were talking about the Surface Laptop 3, right? Like the 13 inch one, like that base model, I think me and you both said, like, probably upgrade it. But for what you get for like the $800 you get on the Microsoft side, right? Like, it's fine recommending that computer to someone. And like, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong about this computer, right? Like the keyboard's not going to break. The screen's great. The trackpad's good. And the software is stable enough. 
Yeah, stable enough. Catalina's fine, but mostly. Um, so like, I mean, I think maybe if you if you if you don't need the RAM, maybe upgrading the storage is probably not a bad idea either. Like, I don't know. Like, but even then, those are cheap upgrades, right? Because you can get sixteen gigs of more storage for like a thousand three hundred, right? It's only two hundred, three hundred dollars more to get to that that sweet point, and that's still that's how much it'd be with like a Surface laptop as well if you did that and if you get those upgrades five half a terabyte of storage on this and 16 gigs of ram this computer could probably last you a good time yeah for a while yeah 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 that's that's the song say it's finally at a price point where it's uh you can actually recommend it to people who just need like a base model like a base they need Mac OS or like, or they want to use Mac OS at a... Or they just like, they want a cheap MacBook, right? They don't want to spend $2,000 on a computer. You get this one. Because also, the GPU has now been buffed up to the point where it can run the Pro Display XDR even on the Core i3 model. So it, it, could, it, could output, it could output a 6K desktop. You obviously wouldn't want to output a 6K desktop at 60... But it can do that at 60 frames per second, which means that the GPU is good enough for any video rendering someone's doing, right? It's never going to chug on like rendering out the desktop or anything like that. I mean, they're probably going to be, people are going to be watching like YouTube videos on this. Like those are going to be GPU accelerated probably. Uh, just fine. Like finally this, like this, I was not, I mean, I mean, we I, actually, maybe we were expecting this, that we were expecting that they were going to uh, like change the, they're going to replace like the keyboards on, they're going to upgrade the laptops on and replace the keyboards because the old butterfly switch, as we all very well know, is is, is fucked. Uh, so this is, so you finally have a, a good keyboard, you have a decent, like they brought down the price and the specs are up. Uh, I Like there is, I, it is mostly perfect except for the ports, right? Like the ports, like what? And if they had one more USB three or like one more USB C port, rather, I feel like that'd be fine at that point. Like, there's not much we can complain about, right? Like, when we get to the point, when, you know, maybe one more USB port. Like, you know that it's a pretty good computer. Yeah, it's a pretty good. Actually, finally, a pretty good machine. <laughs> um, like if I would, if I also get a new laptop and like replace my extremely old uh 13 inch MacBook Pro at this point. Um, I mean, if I was gonna get a Mac, this. This would be a good good place, good good machine. Uh, and I, honestly, I, I would say Apple should probably make a bigger screen Air. I feel like I feel like that would that would actually sell. Because there's well, I mean, no, maybe, but they, they I don't think I think they don't want to cannibalize the. Think about it. You want Mac OS, right? And you want a something bigger than a 13 inch screen. You are now jumping to almost three thousand dollars for a 16 inch MacBook Pro. <sighs> I, I feel like they really want to segment the people who want the larger screen displays with the 13. Like I feel like there's some segmentation going on over well, here. Well, look at like Windows laptops, right? What are the Windows laptops that sell the most? Big, cheap, and big screens, right? Like the like. Yeah, but Apple has never done that. Like Apple has never done the big, cheap. Uh... Well, that's what they could do. Like if they did like a thousand four hundred, five hundred dollar model, right? Of this same spec, but just in a fifteen inch or sixteen inch chassis, I feel like people would buy that. I mean, they could, but I, I, it feels like that's Apple would definitely not do it. Like it seems like not an Apple thing to do. For like, I just don't think they would. I mean, they'd be great if they did it, but like, I, I don't think they want that six. They don't want really want people to be buying the sixteen inch with with the, with the the cost upgrade there, like the cost increase. So, but but at the very least, at the very least, like this laptop is. Honestly, I want to see. I wonder how Windows runs on it. This might be like a really good Windows laptop too. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I love how you're just like. How, I wonder how Windows runs on this thing. 
Uh, Once again, you could tell I'm out of things to complain about because there's not much wrong with this computer. Um, yeah, we're out of things to complain about. So let's talk, complain about the like next thing that Apple announced, right? Uh, I don't know if you were going to complain about it, but let's talk about it, uh, which is the uh, Apple released uh, new uh, iPad Pros, right? So these are the 11 inch and the 12.9 inch models, right? Uh, with a new SOC. A new processor, right? Uh, it's called the A12Z. And what does Z mean, by the way, over an X? Um, I can you can you tell me? Does that mean anything? It's one. It's two letters more, or two letters down. <laughs> it's better because it's two letters more. Um, you know, you know, Apple's only like three revisions away from this being a VC fund, a VC firm. What is it? A one two three X or something like that? Whatever the one that Benedict Evans runs. Yeah. So like I I feel I feel so horrible that I know this off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, um, you are truly uh, a tech bro now. Uh, excuse uh, me. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm not the one writing medium posts here about growth hacking. On I'm not, not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> That's not uh, so. So there's a there's a new SOC on this right, and it has a it has a new GPU right, like a, a eight core GPU on it. Uh, which says that the it is uh, Apple says that it's two point x faster g- graphics performance than the uh, than the a ten x right, uh, and also has better thermal design. And I think the the new things that are like the, the few things I think there's a uh, with iPad OS thirteen point four that is coming out Tuesday March March twenty fourth uh, is there's going to be mouse and trackpad supported iPad OS. Uh, and that means there is a new product. There's a new keyboard cover. A $350 keyboard cover. Yeah, $350 keyboard cover, uh, which is, uh, how, how, like, I, like, to be honest, I, I, I don't know what to say about it. Like, I, I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I, I, it is an Apple accessory. Obviously, it's going to be $300. Like, it's, uh, like added and, and I love how they released a video. It's, it's like this is not a computer or whatever, right? Uh, which is I haven't watched by the way, but like Apple, please. Um this just looks like a laptop to me. Uh I this is this just a laptop? This is this is now Apple Surface. This is literally the same keyboard and uh, this is it's the same keyboard as the MacBook Air that was just released, right? This is Apple's own version of a Surface, and honestly, I'm not against it because I, we also skipped over the camera. I think we should actually talk about the camera before we get into the keyboard. There's a new camera that has the two lenses from the um, ultra wide, I believe, and the regular camera, and that's going to go ahead and also have a lidar sensor there for better AR. Yeah, so the lidar sensor is actually the one thing that is like I was kind of like, okay, I mean, a lidar is like. Uh, it's it's like the stuff like some uh, auto driving like self driving cars use right like if to like map their surroundings. Yeah, and Apple will be using this for tracking uh, places in space. Yeah, for AR. So that's so that's pretty good. But I I feel like so what, I feel like the better conversation to have is okay. So iPad OS has now has keyboard and mouse support fully, which is great. Apps have to be up. There's a couple APIs that apps have to update with. Apple's already updated their existing apps, and it works for. Say so you have a it's a circle right it's like a virtual finger and you know say you move to a um button on a computer right it basically you you go over the button depending on your OS it either changes from the regular pointer to and you're hovering over it so usually a tooltip will appear right telling you what the button is 
what happens on iPad OS actually is the entire cursor becomes the button. It sticks to the button and the tooltip will appear there. So it's basically the same metaphor, but with different, like a different visual indicator that makes more sense for iPad OS, which is a little thing, right? And you can also turn that off. You can turn it off in accessibility because it's kind of jarring because it snaps, right? From a regular to that. And it's kind of like a jarring transition that might make people some, some people motion sick. So you could have turned that off and it just becomes a regular hover um, over it. But the, I think that, not the implementation of it because I think it's pretty good is the question, but the question is, okay, we have this MacBook Air, which me and you have now defined as a pretty good computer that we don't feel bad about recommending to people, right? And then you now have this iPad, which is basically the same price. Which one do you buy and for what reasons, right? Where's the difference between this and the MacBook Air now? I think the difference here is if you can get your work done in iOS, or rather whatever, iOS, right? And if you can. You don't need anything that requires a Mac. This is the computer I can recommend to you. But like, if you have like some small thing that you need to run a Mac app for for any reason, or maybe, or maybe just that you're more comfortable with the uh, laptop design of the MacBook Air, say. Uh, just get the MacBook Air instead. I think it's. Li- I think it's just from a case by case basis. I think you can. I think. Uh, I would like if I wanted a laptop. I would not buy this because I would be like, I need. I need macOS uh, for reasons, and I also need, uh, uh, like a stable key, like a like a like a laptop model uh, design, and also, like I I, I have like. Like it doesn't make sense for me to use iPad OS for this yet. Like it is, it's only for certain people like that uh, that have already adapted their workflows or they have already only need a certain subset of uh, iOS apps and nothing more. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's still it's still a very good computer. Like it's I, but it has some caveats still. I think so. Uh, I, I what, what about you? Like what? Like what are you? Are you switching your workflows, bro, to uh, to iPad OS? Like is that what's going? So the main reason I can't switch my workflows to iPad OS is let's count. Let's count. I have one, four, five, six, seven. I have seven USB devices right now plugged into my MacBook Pro, and I keep one. I keep one open if I need to plug in like a controller for doing GeForce Now, if I need to plug in Ethernet or whatever. So I keep one open there. So that is why I can't switch to iOS. Yeah, exactly. See, there you go. So if you have that kind of thing going on, like if you need those dongles and if you need the expansion hubs and whatever. Oh, sorry. Eight things plugged in. I also have an HDMI cable to my TV that's running on a, uh, on a USB-C to, uh, thing. Yeah. So if you have, if you have those things and then, uh, you need that expansion storage, you need like, um, if you're a photographer, you connect to like SD card reader or whatever, like, I I think you'd be better off with the MacBook Air if you if you if you're in that sort of market like a MacBook Pro or whatever. Uh, like I don't think the iPad is quite just just little like it's just like there's little things uh, lack of expandability you know lack of ports uh, things things like that. Um, I think, but I think this computer is so. It really is a case by case one, right? And I think that's not a problem. I think Apple doesn't care as well, right? Like if you're buying a MacBook or an iPad, they don't give a shit as long as you're buying it from them. But so I feel like the this is more useful for people who are like very hands on in the work they do. If that makes sense, right? Where and by hands on, I mean there's now a lidar camera and stuff, right? Like 
if you do AutoCAD and like prototyping of say hardware that's like manufacturing, right? Like not doing a full workflow on this, but having an iPad Pro to sort of look at models and also place them in space, right? Using AR to see how they look in person and play around with those models. I feel like that's a useful tool to have for that kind of prototyping. And and I think there's specific use cases. Yeah. And it was like writers could have use cases. Students as well, right? I think for for students, this is also like not a bad time, right? But I guess it's like it depends on the kind of student, right? Like, no, some students, but at the same time, right? Like a MacBook Air might be a lot of computer for people. And well, macOS is a lot of computer for people, right? But they don't have, like the thing is with macOS is a lot of computer, but they don't have to use all of macOS. Like they can just use, they can just literally live in Google Chrome all day and macOS is still fine. Like it's not, like the excessive nature of it doesn't matter, right? Like it's like. There's one important bit about this. This has built-in modems, right? For LTE. You can get that's that's the important part. You can't get a Mac with it. So there's some people who but there's like there's some people who always have to be out on a job, right? Let's say for example, you're like let's say you're someone who does instruction uh, or uh, rather instruction or sort of like you lay down pipes or you're some sort of like worker who goes out and does like work for a city, right? You're always out on the street driving around, but you still need a computer, right? Having like an iPad in a rugged case and having like a keyboard with it. And most of your jobs probably doing like data entry or other like stuff right on that computer, but you need consistent internet access for it. Like think of someone who works on like a team at like an ISP laying down fiber and stuff, right? Like there's specific use cases for it where it makes sense. I just don't, I don't think it's like a generalized, like everyone should get an iPad, but. No, it's, uh, that's the thing. I, that's what I've I'm, I'm been trying to say. It's like, it is, I don't think it's like, you have to make the decision for yourself. It's like a case by case basis. It's not like this is, uh, this is the complete replacement for a standard MacBook laptop. Like it is, that is not the case either. And it's like, if it makes sense for you, there's like, look into what you do with a computer and then think about what. Yeah. Like if you're outside all the time and um, PSA, please don't go outside. <laughs> if you're outside all the time, <laughs> if you're outside all the time, then, you know, this would probably make more sense depending on what kind of work you're doing with like a cellular model than like a, than a MacBook where you have to be tethering a phone or using a MyFi all the time. Right. Uh, right. Or maybe, yeah, maybe you like the Apple Pencil for art. I don't know. Uh, some people. Yeah. Yeah. That as well. Right. Maybe you're sick of Wacom tracking your data. So you'd rather use that. Like use an Apple Pencil. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, I, the app is actually quite good, uh, by the way. Uh, and the, you can do some impressive stuff with the, like, drawing tools available, like drawing apps available at the, at the, the pencil. So, like, it's all about what you want to do, right? Like, if you, if you value user freedoms, build a PC and use Linux, right? If you're a Twitch streamer, get, uh, get a Republic of Gamers desktop with the pink Razor setup and, you know, and like a Core i9 9900K and a 2080 Ti Titan, right? If you're a game streamer, right? And if, you, if you're a music producer, like probably get a Mac Mini um, or I don't know, like a MacBook Pro and do that. If you're a podcaster and you should probably buy an iPad because you like to look cool, right? And you want to edit your shows in a noisy coffee shop, like go more power to you. Um, if you're If you're a blogger, probably get an iPad. But it's all about the different work cases, right? If you're like a system admin, like, bro, probably you probably have a ThinkPad. I don't know at that point. <laughs> no, I mean, I would I would be fine with uh, a, a MacBook Air. I just need a terminal, bro, and a, and a good keyboard. Yeah, if you're a developer, hey, if you're a developer, actually, so you can run Visual Studio Code in a web browser, and this, it's someone to put on Twitter. Apparently, the keyboard and, and trackpad support works 100% of Visual Studio Code. Think about it, all right? No, if you're running... It depends on what kind of developer you are, right? If you're doing like real development and not making web apps all day, 
I'm kidding. I love you. Oof, that's a hot take. That's a hot <laughs> like, take. I love all you web developers out there. <laughs> Did you, I love how you just slide in a hot take about web developers not being real developers. Uh, like I, but if you're doing that, right? iPad be perfect for it. But if you're doing like say, um, more intensive stuff, then obviously you know get that Mac Pro, ten thousand dollars, right? And if you're editing video, YouTubers probably can get by on a Mac, on an iPad Pro, but actual shops could probably get like a Linux box for it. I just think like there's options and this might sound super obvious, but I feel like people online like to fight as if there's like one platform that does everything, but it's like, nah. Exactly. I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that's the case. No, uh, computers, <laughs> it turns out everybody has different needs and sometimes. Cause, and always remember at the end of the day, you might spend as much money as you want on a specialized workflow, but guess what? You're still going to have to probably run at least one Electron app. <laughs> Web developers, we love you, actually. We don't actually hate you, by the way. Like, the, the, the choice is just being a little... Uh, I mean, the joke is, right? Like, most of the stuff I do is, like, strictly, like, web dev work to begin with. So it's not even, like, it's not even, it's like... Uh, it's just, like, you just kind of make it funny for yourself for a little bit. Uh, all right. I mean... That price on the keyboard thing, though, is um... no. This thing's super expensive. Like, there's also that. Like, this is it's like a thousand five hundred for far less computer than what you get for the thousand five hundred MacBook Air. Objectively, less storage, less RAM, a better screen, I guess, and maybe a better GPU. But like, hey, why Cyanide Waterheart's gonna run so much better, right? <laughs> no, it, it really isn't. Cyanide Waterheart's is actually better played with a controller, so uh, you probably want to pair a controller with it instead if you want to play that. By the way. Uh, just just a hot tip. Actually, you can do have a keyboard. You can do have a keyboard. I think Sign Hearts probably works good enough with the keyboard. It, it'd probably be fine with the keyboard, but I would say a controller is probably the best bet you have for playing that game if you want to play it. Uh, I think it is also designed for a controller. You know, it's you know, it's wild. So this iPad, you can now pair Bluetooth mice with it, right? Or plug in a USB mouse to it, and it'll work the same. Think about it. Epic might have to start including iPad players in the PC version of Fortnite for the matchmaking, right? Because you can now use a mouse and keyboard to play games on an iPad. And this GPU probably is powerful enough to run Fortnite at 120 frames per second looking pretty good, right? With Metal, like, it'd probably do that. And so it's, like, weird now thinking that, like, some kid of an iPad Pro is going to be like you and you're, like, your $2,000 PC, right, are going to be playing against each other. You know, maybe that's a great equalizer. I don't think a uh, 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 eight hundred like a thousand dollar computer is as the great equalizer, but uh, let's go with it. Uh, uh, the Magic Keyboard also actually has a USB C port, but it's only for power pass through, which is like because it doesn't plug into a port; it uses the Pogo pins. So that's actually pretty cool because you still get a USB C port free when you're using the keyboard, but that means you could have something plugged into it and also have the keyboard charging your device, which is actually pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm curious actually. What like what sort of power it can deliver? Like uh, the probably slower than say like the full sixty watts, whatever USB C does. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably not full. Like, it's all going over the program pins. I imagine that's pretty limited. Maybe like ten watts uh, then, because that's what like fast charging for wireless charging does, right? So I think it'd probably be around the same amount of wattage for that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the Apple products. Do you want to like? Is there like? There's the Gruber article on the MacBook Air. I mean, it's just basically talks about what we talked about and uh it's worth a read if you want to like read a review if you like reading gruber's posts uh i don't i just not everybody likes reading gruber's posts it's just i've heard uh but that, that's there yeah i think that's yeah i think that's everything for this week um 
all tech news all the time. It's a pretty good tech, all, uh, all tech news. You know, nothing else has been happening. It's just only been tech news. It's been really great. I'm super excited for Google IO's live stream, you know, coming up in a month. Super excited for that. Um, and if you'd like to join in our bubble, you can find the show notes on twoshadesofbrown.com. And you can also email contact at twoshadesofbrown.com for Google IO predictions. Predict what messaging app are they can use to deliver the best news. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can contact. Yeah, you can use the email. To send us some feedback. Uh, tell us what do you think about the new consoles. Uh, I don't know. Um, you can find me on on the Fediverse uh, at packetcanada104.social, and also uh, my website solixave.com has all the other links. Uh, so, at trust, where do people find you on the internet? You can find me online at trustfind.website. website, and you could also defederate with me at trustfind at chitter.xyz. <laughs> because you hate the web developers. That's why. Uh, that's that's the real reason. Yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, you know, I've I've been having a lot of spicy posts about native apps recently again. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw those. Like, come on, uh, are you <laughs> wow, getting shape for my post on the pod. I, I, I tried to piss off all the web developers on Mastodon. Actually, I, I actually, I think all the Linux users came to my side because I specifically picked the GTK app. I was like, I know my audience. I was like, this GTK app is the prime example of good native software. Oh my god, the pandering. But the hey, listen, uh, what, Jesus. listen, All I right. know like one meme of like the man McMahon guy from WWE where he's like, oh, ah, and he like su- looks super happy like that. It's like you do it for Linux user or Mastodon. You basically say Rust, I don't know, GTK apps and um, like what else? What else is a hot Linux thread? You know, DM me if you're hot Linux tips. What else? What is a Linux yeah. user? A flat packs. A snap, I don't know. Pine phone. <laughs> Just go uh, throw random say, words. Uh, Oh, Python! Yeah, Python's you, you fire. Say, what's that? What's that yeah, phone? Yeah, that's yeah. like uh, uh, Pine Snapchat phone. me on your Pine phone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Let's wrap. Uh, let's let's actually uh, close this out. Uh, TwoShadesOfBrown.com. Show notes are there. Uh, contact at TwoShadesOfBrown. And, and um, until until next time, if there is tech news, uh, bye. <laughs> bye.